Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hey guys, this is Alphonse Sidney, a.k.a. Alf954 of the Five on the Floor podcast. And before we get to today's episode, I want to talk to you about Dutch Valley Farms. Who's Dutch Valley Farms? For starters, they're not your average cannabis grow farm. No, they've got deep roots in the 305. And this hometown group of doctors, CPAs, and Silicon Valley professionals have taken their talents from the 305 to the 503 to make you the finest flower out there. How does Miami find itself all the way in Oregon? Simple. A team with a shared belief in cannabis research and erasing the stigma behind the bud. Today, the Dutch Valley Farms crew is bringing together old-school growing practices with new-school tech to deliver a consistently clean, high-quality experience you can feel good about. The proof is in the plant. Want more information? Visit DutchVF.com or follow them on Instagram at Dutch Valley Farms. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor. A Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. ALF954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, everybody, welcome into the Five on the Floor podcast. This is your host tonight, Alphon Sydney, a.k.a. ALF954. Ethan Skolnick will not be with us tonight. The OT took too much out of him. He needs to go to bed. So, you have me, of course, your host. You also have Alex Toledo, a.k.a. Tropical Blanket. We have, at I Can Be Your Hero on Twitter, Christian Hernandez, author of the now still nameless weekly column on Five Reason Sports. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I never committed to a weekly column. Oh, okay, whatever. Bi-weekly, semi-weekly, sometimes semi-monthly. Some, somewhat regularly. We might you never know, see maybe it you'll, Maybe you'll see it. Maybe you won't. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> that should be the name of the column. Maybe you'll see it, maybe you won't, by Christian Hernandez. All right, and also we have host of Miami Heat Beat and all-star Raptors fan, uh, Giancarlo Navas. G, say what's Miami up to the people. This isn't Heat Beat? <laughs> no. I thought this, it was. What am I doing? Is Heat, this is Heat Beat circa 2018, but <laughs> hey, times have changed. This is like when George Sedano joins the local hour of Levitard. <laughs> no, you're not... Anyone here is talented. Um, All right, so we're going to talk about tonight's game, but we're going to go beyond this game a little bit because I really planned for this just to be a blowout and for us to kind of look ahead to the Lakers game, and I guess so did the Miami Heat uh, because tonight was a closer-than-comfortable game. Uh, The Heat were down six with one minute left, and what was the run they went on? 24 to nothing. A 24 to nothing run, and let me find a tweet. That, that I sent out. And this tweet, there's a lot of trolling tweets I sent out tonight after this tweet, but this tweet was dead ass because I really was just kind of done with, I was just, oh my, I was like, this is over. That, that, um, really, that really wasn't a bit? No, no, I'll show you, this, this tweet was real. I said, um, now I can't find it, of course, because this is how I do my show prep. Okay, so with one minute left of the game, uh, Trey Young is doing the it's over basically Throat slash by his waist, which I don't know which that was, I, if you're really going to do this over, you have to do the throat slash, right? That 
that corny thing he was doing just doesn't cut it, and that's probably why they lost. He was so doing I, at his waist? Yeah, he was just like at his waist. Like, he was like, it's over, maybe chest level. It just was – so it wasn't a throat slash. I guess it was a chest we, slash. You just end the part right now, guys. Okay, but – Definitely why they were, lost. Were you packing it up when he did that? Yes. So I say first then bad – That means it, that it worked on you, that that little soft semi yes, slash – I like, gave. I was gave effective up. on you. I said first that. bad loss of the season, and after the last couple of home games, felt like the the Heat had this one coming. Okay, that was dead ass with a minute left. I was. I gave up. I let go of the rope. I burned. I didn't burn the boats. I pretended to burn them, but I had a little canoe left that I was going to get back across the river, pond, ocean, whatever that story is about. So, I gave up. Now after that, Duncan hits a three. Jimmy hits a three. They go to overtime, and they just completely wax the Hawks. Now, all my tweets after that, for all you people that follow me on Twitter, were all trolling at that point because if you know anything about a reverse jinx, you cannot stop the reverse jinx until the game is well in hand. Because the minute you say, oh, yeah, I was just kidding, boom, the other team comes back. So, anyway. End up looking like Trey Young. <laughs> yeah, you end up looking. I was Twitter Trey Young tonight. You so. succumbed to Trey Young. A Think weak about that. Trey Young nipple level throat slash. You're scared of the worst team in the league. <laughs> the wor- Listen, I have PTSD for four years of the Heat losing that game every single time. Like, how many times have we seen that game? And there is never a comeback. It goes from six points to 11, and then we all just go walk away shaking our heads. So, Christian, I'll go to you first. What did you – I mean, what did you think of the way that he ended that game and went into overtime, the performances of Nunn, Butler, uh, Bam, Duncan Robinson with 10 threes tonight? What, do you, what, are you, what were your takeaways from the game? I mean, honestly, this is just like, I mean, me as a stats guy, like this is just, this was like stats porn tonight. <laughs> okay. Because like, first of all, you had Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, both with triple doubles, Bam, the first one of his career. On top of that, you had all of your scoring in a very like Houston Rockets-esque performance. You have four players putting up 120 points tonight. That's 120 points is more points than we've probably scored. We've, except we've, that the Heat have probably <laughs> scored in 80, 80, 85% of their games this season. And four players put that up to that. Mind you, in overtime. But still, that's, it's, it's just a crazy game. The efficiency of Robinson, what was he? He was 10 of 14 from behind the arc. Yeah, yep. the guy's insane. I mean, it practice. was just, this was a while. I'm so happy I was there. I'm so happy I had that extra drink because I wasn't driving. <laughs> it was just tonight was full of great decisions. Well, well, since we're on stats, quick stat. Um, I just saw this. Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson are the first pair of undrafted teammates to both score 30 in a game. Because now, when you think about it, is that even surprising that that's never happened before? I mean, how many undrafted guys are even dropping 30 in a game, much less teammates in the same game? Fred so Van when you Vliet. just just there, it's kind of nuts. What was that, G? Fred Van Vliet. Oh, I God. Here we go. Hate him. All right. Muting Gianni. <laughs> all right. So, Alex, all right. You were at the game tonight, much like Christian, but you were there in a professional capacity, um, even though sometimes sort of. we, me and you, we and you clap and press roll a little bit. And uh, we get in trouble. But uh, it, besides the clapping and press row, what, what were your takeaways from tonight's game? Um, particularly talk about BAM, uh, because you've been on the BAM train the entire season. What, I mean, what do you take away from BAM's, BAM's triple-double performance tonight actually doing with assists instead of blocks? 
Like Bam said, we got shooters, man. Uh, no, but seriously, Bam looked like an absolute star out there. Every home game, he looks more and more like a star. And I just keep feeling better and better about it because one of these guys that we've been wanting to make a leap has finally made that leap. I think Bam is, has ascended to that level, and he showed it again tonight. And, you know, it's pretty cool that I wasn't expecting the developments of Duncan Robinson becoming the greatest shooter we've ever seen. So I think that might have... After Tyler Hero? Yes. I guess yeah. this was a bad game to bring up Tyler, but we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Duncan was amazing tonight. So was Bam. Johnny, you brought this up because we've started to see Bam get a little more national media attention over the last few weeks, starting with Chuck saying that uh, – Charles Barkley saying that Bam is a monster. Um, I believe it was on the jump today. They said that the Heat have two all-stars. The jump is actually coming down to Miami this week. I think people are starting to finally pay attention. I don't think I don't think it's because the Lakers are coming. I just think it's because they, they can't don't. <laughs> yeah, the Lakers have a couple guys on their team that have sparked uh, the casual fans' interest. But you, you, the poor man's bam that they got over there. Yeah, the poor man's bam <laughs> with the with the one eyebrow. Um, you uh, you uh, you noticed tonight that Charles Barkley was singing Bam's praises on Inside the NBA, and then Shaq and the Kenny the Jet Smith shut him down what what did you see on that show tonight and also like Bro, what, did you, what did you see in the game that show so i i was uh <laughs> i, I kind of changed it from the eric and uh karate post game i wanted to see what's going on inside and chuck they, they start playing the highlights and then chuck chuck ends the highlights with like man you know this bam you know he's an all-star this year he's been their second best player he's been a stud he's been awesome and then Shaq and Kenny are like, whoa, 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 slow down on All-Star. And then Chuck's been like, what? They're, they're a great team, and he's the second-best player. And then Kenny's like, mm, at times. At times. And then Chuck is like, what do you mean at times? And Kenny's like, oh, you know, like Kendrick Dunn. And then, like, Shaq mumbles some shit under his breath. No, and then Shaq was like, oh, he's had 10 good games. Man, that, that is so disturbing that Charles Barkley might be the guy paying the most attention on that set. Where is where is Dwayne? The, wait, wait, to they, the fourth? They didn't even know when Dwayne retired, like, because there was an all-decade thing after in which Kenny Smith put Kobe Bryant over James Harden for this decade. And then uh, Ernie said, what about D. Wade? And Kenny's like, "How many? when did he retire? How many years did he play this decade? Yeah, it was that, that was a pretty bad segment. Can we talk um, about... Bam, like, there was a play, like, late in the fourth quarter, and it was in semi-transition. Bam kind of gets the ball at half court. The, mm-hmm. the the Hawks are still kind of, like, setting up their transition defense. And Bam takes the ball from three-point line to the rim and finishes. And to me, that was, like, that's been the biggest difference of his game. Not necessarily the passing, but just the, just the willingness to use the ball skill, to take it to the rim. He was more willing with the jumper tonight. But, like, that that single possession, like, a guy his size at his strength at, at going that quick to the basket like that's that's game changing for him. Yeah, he actually had a, I believe he actually he had a couple possessions tonight where he did that, but he also had a couple possessions very similar to those where instead of finishing at the rim, he actually just came up quickly handling the ball and then immediately set a good screen and handoff for Duncan Robinson who oh, was just he had a couple, on fire. Some of those were beautiful. I mean, I mean th- that that level of execution in the screen game is is huge for this team, especially when you have legitimate shooters all over the roster. And tonight you saw two of them going off in Kendrick Nunn and much to a much more extent Duncan Robinson. And you know what's what I like to see from Bam tonight is he was up against Alex Len, right? And we can all say, okay, it was just Alex Len, no big deal. I mean, 
Christian, if he had his wits about him, could probably do the same thing to Alex Lynn on a given night. But the fact is, there have been so many nights that Bam has had that speed uh, mismatch against another center and hasn't taken advantage of it. And tonight, 1,000%, every chance he got, he took, he took advantage of the matchup and just did the things that we know that we've seen Bam do in, you know, those summertime gym workouts. We've seen him work with Chris Boss on some things. It seems like tonight he really put the entire package together offensively because defensively he's been doing what he's been doing all year, and he's had some good offensive games. Tonight was a night where we saw the whole package come together uh, no. off- offensively. We saw the flashes, man. That's why I'm so excited. We saw the flashes of what he could be because it feels like even though he put up a 30, 11, and 11 stat line, triple-double with assists, uh, he wasn't really looking for a shot like that. I feel like he started he, – he would go to it at the end of the shot clock when things would bog down, and he was just like, oh, yeah, I can uh, dribble right by Alex Glenn whenever I choose. And I think once he really starts to figure out that he could do that pretty much any time he wants because most of the centers are slower than him that are guarding him, it's going to be scary, man, because he hasn't even figured out the rest of his game yet on offense. And, my God, he's okay. really good. So that was tonight's game. Now, okay, I don't, I don't mean to play the Alex role of Debbie Downer here, but there was a reason Heat fans were apoplectic with, with one minute left in the fourth quarter, right? Because this game should have never been that close. The Hawks are not a good team. They're one of the worst uh, field goal percentage-wise three-point shooting teams in the league. They're coming off a big game the other night, but this they have been bad all year from three, and the Heat were just letting them feast from out there. So there were some things that were concerning tonight. And one of the things that I found concerning, and you guys, uh, I don't know if you agree with me, disagree. This is my eye te- my simple, my sample eye test theater. We're going to work something out on this. And it's something we're going to do regularly. But my eye test tonight just said that the Heat, this bench without Goron, and especially without Goron and Justice, no matter if you're going to put Justice back in the starting lineup and put a score like Kendrick Nunn back on the bench or Duncan Robinson, Right now, the Heat, as with those guys out of the lineup, and no James Johnson, no Deion Waiters, I know they haven't been in all year, but once you take all four of those guys out of the lineup, the Heat's bench was rough tonight. And when Jimmy and Bam went to the bench and you had to rely on that second unit, that's when the, you, the Heat went from an 11-point lead down to, you know, they were down three, down five, and it was tough for these starters to come back in and keep up the pace. How much longer can they keep going without these guys on the bench and without a complete healthy team? Go ahead, G. Alf, they, they don't have a ball handler, right? Like, outside of Jimmy. No. And, like, they don't, right? So w- what you're looking at is a product of their second and third best creators and ball handlers are suddenly gone, and you would use a lot of those guys to lift up those second units, just surround those guys with shooters, a rolling big, and, and kind of ride with it. And now that they're out, the points are coming a lot harder. I, I would like to look at the, the numbers lately. I feel like they're running more dribble handoff stuff from last year when they had fewer ball handlers because they have to really overcompensate for the fact that they just can't create and high pick and roll and like do their little horn sets and all that. So that's and I'm talking. Me, and then if without justice tonight, the defense on the perimeter was just was horrid at times. And um, we're going to get to Derek Jones Jr. a little bit, but it was, there were some, uh, some bad sequences out there. There, and, like, listen, you're against the Hawks, and so you can make up for it. But against the Lakers on Friday night, and I'll, all, these are all regular season matchups, um, but just if we're going to preview the Lakers game, Alex, if they don't have justice out there with, with the perimeter players that, um, that the Lakers can roll out, the kind of team they are, the defense they play, 
if the, if the Heat can't match them defensively, what kind of chance do the Heat have on Friday? I mean, it's going to be really damn tough on Friday without Justice out there, man, and especially without Goron because, like what G was talking about just now, you, you, you don't have your second and third best playmakers. That's directly affecting Jimmy's play, too, which you're going to need the best of Jimmy to beat the Lakers, right? And Jimmy, what did he shoot last game? Three or 14? Tonight he had another game where he didn't shoot so great. And Obviously, he he's out there doing a million other things. And, and, and still he, was winning player. At, he was exhausted at the end of the, at the, end of the game because he's primary ball, ball handler and he has to pick up a lot of slack defensively. Yep, and every time that he's not handling the ball, it's Kendrick Dunn dribbling the hell out of the shot clock every time, which, by the way, you were doing a lot of complaining on Twitter tonight off about Kendrick Dunn, who dropped 36 points, who hasn't even gotten a mention all, on this show. First of all, I, did, yeah. I have mentioned how what, what a great uh, night Kendrick Dunn has. Had and I have not complained a lot about him on Twitter. I complained a lot about him in our chat, which is supposed to be private. Yeah, I don't Alex. complain. <laughs> I was doxing, doxing poor Alpha. Man. I know, right? I was doing good journalism. I was complimentary on on the timeline. I was just, I was, I wasn't bashing him. I was just. Uh, there are some Dude, things about. There's there's some things about Kendrick Nunn's game, um, especially when you have Justice and Goron back in the lineup that I don't know are conducive to a well-run, uh, seamless offense. But anyway, let me get off of that. Christian, eye test, right or wrong, what's going on here? Are, can the Heat beat the Lakers without Goran and without Justice? I mean, they are a much better shooting team at home. Even though tonight they really they only shot 34% tonight from behind the arc. It was only Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn who were having any success, and obviously Duncan had a huge night. But, yeah, I mean, Derek Jones Jr. took four threes tonight. I don't think that's really part of the game plan. Kelly O'Linick couldn't hit anything. And Kelly was 0 for 5 from the field. Tyler Hero was 0 for 6 from the field. I mean, Tyler Hero was the huge hero he <laughs> the, the other night. And tonight, it was probably his worst game so far as a pro. He was Definitely. scoreless from the field. He uh, only had one assist, one steal, but two turnovers. He was minus 30 in his 23 minutes. Like that's that uh, he was uh, he was directly responsible for a lot of the the Heat's bad runs in that he contributed to them. Obviously, you know, guys like Kelly not being able to hit. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs, so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. The shot did not help, but... It was it was really incredible to see the team come back just behind some real just wild shot making from Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn had some big shots in that fourth Ken, quarter. Just Kendrick Nunn had some big shots. Just some bailout. The shot clock's running down. There's really nothing going on. There's no actions, and Kendrick Nunn just so Kendrick Nunn giveth and Kendrick Nunn taketh away. But tonight it was a lot more giveth than taking taking away. 
And uh, when it comes to the, the bench tonight, one guy that shined off the bench because Hero wasn't very good, Olenek wasn't very good, Chris Silva just looked like he didn't belong in the game tonight, which sometimes happens to Chris Silva as a rookie. Derek Jones Jr., yeah, he missed those threes, but his defense, and what we're talking about, ever since he's come back from the injury and started getting a few minutes, his defense has been amazing. I mean, uh, Spo went with the adjustment tonight of, okay, nothing is working on Trey Young. Um, none was getting burnt all day, all night long. And they, they put um, Derrick Jones Jr. in that length on Trey Young, and it really, really worked. What have you guys seen? And I don't know what the numbers say. This is, again, outside test. Derrick Jones Jr. has been amazing defensively the last few games. Uh, yeah, you're, first of all, your eye test is spot on. He's second on the Heat in net rating. The Heat are 10 points per possession better than opponents when Derek Jones Jr. is on the court. And it's actually because the offense is a lot better. And I would imagine his rebounding has a lot to do with that. It was like that last season, too. Like, their rebound rate was absurd, and that kind of lifted their offense at times that it wasn't very good. With him, and now you can play him alongside two or three other plus shooters while he's on the floor. So it helps mitigate some of that stuff where he's – we still haven't seen him make a three. But let me – I have something like – I think today he was really good and fantastic, and I think that putting him on a smaller guy like Trey Young really helps. But when you go against more physical teams like the Lakers, like that guy, he finishes contact and he like flies 10 feet, right? Like he's super athletic and he's great and he's lengthy. But when you go against stronger guys, that's when it's going to be a problem. Like he is going to get like pushed around. And I have a, I'm scared that Spoh going to try him on LeBron if JJ's not available. And that's – Oh, he will. Like that, like that's not the matchup for him. It was like when they were asking Rodney Magruder to guard Kawhi. Like, but I think, but I think that's too. <laughs> yeah. like you can't. Like he's not that kind of guy. So, I think I think you're gonna see more of what you saw tonight, where he's a part of their defensive scheme. He's just a tool in the defensive scheme it's, it's mailbox, where he he's out there. He's gonna. I think he's gonna be out there, like. I disagree. Helping double on, on LeBron every time. Like, I don't think he's going to be guarding LeBron one-on-one the whole game or anything like that. You're teaming a six-foot guard versus bigger guys that are running four or five pick and roll. Like, that's going to change completely. Like, like you could do that to to Trey Young, who's really small. And, you know, and, and by the way, they were getting burned with a double all the time. It was like Trey, swing, slip, boom, every time down the floor. Even at the end of the game, that Hunter missed that wide-open corner three. But that was the game plan. I know it was a game plan, and, like, a lot of teams have been doing that to Houston. Like, that's been the game plan against Houston, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like, that's fine, but that's also, like, really representative of what you miss with Justice because if Justice was here, they're not doing that, right? They're just like, they Justice, just, erase, ego erase. Yeah, they're going to just send him to erase uh, Trey yeah. Young, and just, that's the end so of it. They don't have that. Jimmy's exhausted, right? So Jimmy was on Trey by the end of the game, and then they had to start doubling again because he, he was getting burned. He was exhausted. He has to carry so much load offensively, all that ball handling. So and, and I mean, how many minutes did uh, did Jimmy play tonight? I mean, it's um, and, game, so it's a little. The numbers are going to be. I'll pull up the box score. It's a little funky. But, but I mean, this is two games in a row, right? And I wanted to pull up a usage rate, like for the last two games, because I feel he's like playing, he's yeah, playing heavy minutes. Um, we'll look that up, and then we're going to take a quick break right here. Uh, and then when we get back, we'll talk a little bit more about the Lakers game. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about this season going forward. We're not going to talk trades because when I host, we do not talk trades. We do not talk transactions. We talk about what we actually see on the court. When uh, when Ethan comes back, you guys can do the hypotheticals with him. I'm not playing that shit. All right. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. Before we get back to the show, I wanted to talk to you about a group that we're really excited to work with here at Five Reasons Sports called Jim Unity. 
They're announcing their fifth annual For the Kids holiday event supporting foster children throughout South Florida. So today is the last day that they're accepting donations in the form of gift cards, which will be given out to Broward County, Florida foster care youth tonight during a private dinner. So you can go down there to 8958 Cleary Boulevard and Plantation to deliver a gift card in person, or your best bet since today's the last day is to go ahead and just give online. The address is jimunity.com that's g-y-m-u-n-i-t-y.com jimunity.com for the fifth annual for the kids holiday event this is for the foster kids guys this is to get them gifts to make their holidays really special and we're really excited to work with jim unity on this project and you'll be hearing more about jim unity from us in the future now back to the show and we're back all right (laughs) you like how that works christian yeah it's good i like that yeah, I'll, I'll record the Just a little, a little pause. A little, a little pause. There's something that uh, Alex can work with later. All right, so we the Heat have had three home games against um, – or three games against under 500 teams. Uh, they've won these games. They haven't gone – they haven't won them going away like they've won, like at the beginning of the season. Um, the final scores are a little bit deceptive. And I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here, but Lakers, Friday – we, I don't want to do predictions, but I guess that's all we can really do. Um, what do you guys think? What do you, What are we going to see on Friday? And Debbie let's assume Downer, right now that Goran and Justice are out. Debbie Downer is like part of your vocabulary repertoire now? What happened? I think it's the Alex thing. Alex Jesus just... Christ. I mean, it sounds like it's you. Five, you said it five times the show. I was like, who yeah, are it's you? It's like three. Is this Al from Coral Springs? Like, what happened? And this is Dos Minutos from, uh, from Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> Four people in the audience oh get that. <laughs> Those four people love that joke. <laughs> Christian, what do you think happens on Friday? I mean, okay, the only reason why I have optimism is that the Heat have been a much better shooting team in general at home, just like most teams, than they have been on the road. So that should give them a little bit of a bump. But, yeah, missing out on having justice out there when you're playing two huge athletic men like LeBron James and Anthony Davis is, is going to be, it's going to be tough to overcome. That's why they're such a great team. I mean, LeBron looks like his prime self again, if not better, the amount of times I've seen him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, Christian, (laughs) I mean, Christian, have you seen the amount of times that he's shot like five of seven from behind the arc this season? Christian, Like he's, he's been really good. This guy has no guts. He's been really good. I'm just saying, like, it wouldn't surprise the, me. He's got the most rest he's gotten in about a decade, so. Go watch some footage of 2013 LeBron right now. I'm, I'm, guys, I will not guys, stand for this. Guys, he's, he's coming to Miami. He's going to get his treatment. He's going to be in prime shape for <laughs> oh, that game. Damn. Are you kidding me? Like, Write that on. down, Brian. Yeah, he'll probably get his treatment during the game. Uh, Lakers, by the way, tied for fifth in three-point defense. So I know the Heat are a better shooting team at home, but the Lakers are really good at um, at three-point. How come when this three-point defense for the Heat, you guys painted as luck, but well, now? I think, I think, well, the Lakers are middle of the pack in attempts, and they're top five in uh, percentage. The Heat are second to last in attempts allowed, and like top, uh, number two in percentage. Well, like I think what you see with the Heat defense is they really trap a lot now, and they're that's a product of trapping. Like a lot of the best defenses have like allow a lot of threes. Denver's a really good defense and they allow it. Um, Toronto, another one, the Lakers, they're middle of the pack though, but 
Yeah. I mean, look, if, if, if these guys are making shots like they were tonight, they can beat anybody. And, of course, it doesn't – I mean, the thing that really hurt them tonight was that the Hawks were also on fire. But you're going to expect a team like the Lakers is probably going to shoot well from behind the arc because LeBron and Anthony Davis are probably going to get them a lot of open I mean, shots. The Heat didn't really, like, destroy the world from three. They were 34%, and they only made 14 threes, right? So it's not like – yeah, But like Christian said, it was really just two guys. No, no, I was, I was, I was talking about the Hawks. Oh, but, well, yeah, the Hawks were. 30. Yeah, the Hawks were ridiculous. They, they were shooting fifty percent from three throughout most of the game. It was only at the very end of the game that they bricked, I guess, the last like seven or eight that they took. But they were shooting a really high rate all night. And it was guys like like DeAndre Hunter. They were they were trapping Trey Young a lot tonight, and he was kicking it out. And DeAndre Hunter was left with a lot of open threes, and he was hitting them. You know, like. And that's kind of a long game as well. Like, I think that when you're a team that does that, you kind of hope that guys get tired at the end of games and their legs are a little, like, low on gas. So those threes are suddenly become a lot harder. This pressure, the end of the game, you're tired. That could be a play of it. I'm not really, like, a big fan of that. But that's probably <laughs> what I think. Hopefully their legs get tired, that, that, uh, that scheme. I mean, so listen, they allow a lot of people. I'm just concerned. Uh, by the way, the Lakers, Danny Green, also really long defender. Like, the Lakers are really big defenders. Yeah, that, that, their size concerns me. Um, Especially with Nunn, Hero, Duncan. Like, those guys aren't really, like, big guys, right? Like, you have Bam up front, right? And you have Jimmy that they're going to have size. But without Justice, you're kind of missing that. You're not going to have JJ. They haven't all season. Like, that's a matchup that you're going to want him. Uh, so they're they're a little small. DJJ's like lengthy, but you know he's he, he's not as strong as those guys. So I guess and okay. So the last thing I really want because we're running out of time. The last thing I really want to talk about is I haven't uh, really talked to Christian and G. I talk to Alex all the time. I mean, you guys should see him at the games. Alex is on B Ball Reference and NBA Stats dot com <laughs> the entire game, and like he's watching other games on League Pass. He's like, look at this, look at this. I'm like, Alex, I don't care. You don't even like stats. <laughs> you, watch, you watch Raptors games? <laughs> no, nobody watches Raptors games. I was watching Nuggets Sixers tonight. <laughs> um, Jokic a no-show. The, right now, the Heat have the fourth best record in the entire league, almost a st- st- statistical tie for third. How real is this? Like, are the Heat the fourth best team in the league? I mean, over the season? Or where, where do they – I mean, where does water reach its level, Eric? Uh, what's gonna ha- like? When do they? When do when do they have their regression to the mean, or it, are we gonna see this type of play sustained throughout the, re- the for through eighty two games? Basically, I think it's interesting you say that because before the game, I saw that in the month of the month of December in the five games they played, shooting percentage from three is down, turnovers are also down, and so I think that's gonna be the theme of the regression that we've been talking about for so long, where. We're going to keep seeing this trend of the three-point shooting percentage maybe not being at 40 for the whole season, uh, but also maybe not having the worst turnover team all season as well. I think the turnovers went down from around 20 in October and November to it was around 14 before this game, and I don't know what they ended up with tonight, but I think that's going to be the theme of the change with the team and hopefully getting Justice and Goron back uh, you know, that's obviously going to help them with guys who take the pressure off Jimmy, guys who can actually go to the rim and penetrate and create for others. So, I don't know. I think there's a lot that we still have to see with this team, man. Christian, what do you think? I mean, is this fool's gold, some of these 18-point wins against bad teams at home, 
or is that is is that what this Heat team is? Or are you in Alex's camp where maybe they do start slowing it down, the pace slows down, the scoring comes down a little bit, but their defense and the way they handle and take care of the ball improves? I mean, I think what's interesting for them is this is a, a, a I guess a problem. It's not really a problem, but it's a problem that they have that I don't think they've ever really had before, and that they have so many young guys that can contribute in different ways that they clearly at some point are going to use a couple of these guys at least to probably go get somebody much better to really help you compete and contend on a real level. Um, Is this transaction talk? No, it's, it's really more, it's, it's, they need to be sure. They need to be sure about, about who they have and who they're willing to let go of. You don't want to make the wrong decision. Like, I mean, this preseason, people were writing off Duncan Robinson even being in the rotation. And now look at the kind of night that he had tonight. Like, this season, I really think they have to tread very carefully what kind of transactions they make because they don't want to end up making a bad one that they regret because there's you a lot of talent do the, on this uh, roster. The Duncan Robinson, not Duncan Robinson. <laughs> Look, see, I can't even get the names right. The Clay Thompson uh, for Kevin Love trade a few years ago. Right. You you got, you, you just want to make sure that whatever you do, you you make sure you you feel really comfortable about it because there's a lot of they're going to have to make some moves. They can't keep all these guys. There's no way. Yeah, and and especially I, I, I did if they have aspirations compare, for 2021. No way. I did compare Duncan Robinson to Clay Thompson just now. Yeah, I did it. And what? Yeah, they got two of them, and what? <laughs> and what? And what? And what? Alpha after dark. Um, <laughs> so I, I think they're like they're clearly like a really good team. I do think net rating is kind of a better indicator of what they are instead of record. Right now, they're they're currently eighth behind Philly, the Raptors, Clippers, Celtics, Mavs, Lakers, and Bucks. And I think it's fair to say that all those teams are probably better than Miami. By how much is a different story. I mean, you can argue is how much better is Boston and Toronto really, right? Like, you, you could kind of, like, play those angles. Uh, how much better is Dallas really? But, like, I think – Well, we will guys, play those angles. I mean, that's about who they are, right? Like, they're in, they're, they're firmly in that mix, right? So, like, maybe they're not the fourth best team, but they could be the sixth or the fifth or whatever. Like, they're, they're in that range. And, like, look, this Eastern Conference is really tight, right? Like, the Raptors had a bad week, and now, like, Indiana's right at their heels. Like, and that's, like, not a bad team who's about to get Oladipo back, right? And Brogdon's also hurt. So – if they have a bad week, it could go south, and then we're having a different conversation. I mean, they've escaped twice against the, the, the Bulls and against – if that Jimmy 3 doesn't go in and if that Tyler 3 doesn't go in, we're having a totally different show today, right? So it, it's little things like that. that Duncan they, Robinson doesn't make 10 threes. We're at, we might be having a different show. <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? And those are against bad teams at home. Like, they're clearly a really good team. And, like, obviously, like having a guy like Jimmy Butler at the end of games to make the pass to Tyler Hero, to make that three, to kind of organize the offense, to compete on defense. Like, that's what you want, and that's why you have stars. But they're kind of in that mix, right, from that, like, five to eight range, like, of, like four to five, four to eight. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's kind of who they are. I think one thing we all have to kind of keep in perspective, um, especially Heat fans out there, is that what was your prediction at the beginning of the year? Mine was 46 games, right? Um, If they continue to play like this at home, if they continue to beat up on bad teams, 50 wins is right in that wheel. I mean, it's right there for the taking. I mean, they're on pace to win 60-something. So they keep this up until until January, like I think if they don't get 50 wins, it's going to be disappointing. They would have to take – I mean – even at this point, they'd have to finish the season pretty rough from here on in to only to 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 finish with fifty wins. So we got to keep. I think Heat fans got to keep that in perspective. 
what did we expect from this team, this hot start? It doesn't just erase all the concerns we had at the beginning of the year. Even though the, the funny thing is there's a lot of things that we were concerned about at the beginning of the year, things like rebounding, uh, shooting. Like a lot of those things where we were super concerned haven't really uh, really been elite at. Yeah, exactly. Elite really rebounding percentage, elite in three-point percentage. And it's kind of wild. So are we looking at the regression there? I mean, who knows? Um, but anyway, anyway, guys, we're running out of time. We've run out of time pretty much. Um, this has been Alphonse Sidney and uh, Alex Toledo for five on the floor. And then we had our special guest, Heat Beat host, Christian uh, Hernandez, and unfortunately, Giancarlo Navas of Raptors Beat. Let's go to Raptors, uh, man. <laughs> we're actually uh, – we'll have a couple more shows this week. Where's the Hawks Beat editor, uh, Nikai Duncan? Nikai is going to be at the game on Friday, is he not? Yeah, Yo, yeah, he will be. The Hawks team was tonight, Alf. Oh, I'm sorry. No, but Nakaya's dunk will actually be in Miami for the Lakers game. So if you and want then to. And me and Alf will fight over the third credential. If you offer him pizza, he'll come say hi to you. Well, if you want to talk, tell him what a coward he is right to his face, you can. And uh, talk to him about his, uh, his BAM and hero draft night takes. Ask him All right, guys. We will talk to you later. Have a good night. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.